Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Matt O'Hara. This guy over here, he's... He's a little, living in a different he's world. Just, he's just doing whatever he wants. My so. earpiece wasn't in. I couldn't hear. He said, was I going. wasn't ready. I wasn't he's like, <laughs> my earpiece wasn't in. I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> I couldn't hear you. It, it sounded. It sounds weird when one's in and one's not. It actually. is It is kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm Garrett Price. Okay. Good to meet you, too. Thanks. Hey, nice to meet you. We're back with another show. I'm um, glad all of us are here paying attention. Matt, guess what we're talking about today? <sighs> Your favorite subject, I believe. The 2021 tight end rookie class. Yeah. Oh, boy, am I excited because there are some very uh, talented tight ends. The top being very heavy, like very heavy, like one of those like melon heads heavy. It, that's that's pretty top heavy. Oh, yeah. extremely yeah. heavy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonder how they stay up. You know I have a mean? lot to say. Yeah, about go it. ahead. I'm so, obviously um, flustered by all this. So we got a lot of tight ends to talk <laughs> so about let's here. Let's move on. We're going to get all the tight ends in one show here today, so it's going to be a little bit longer of a show, but we're going to come all in. On the Nerd Herd episode, we're going to dive into some free agency. We waited the, uh, an extra day to record this podcast. We're like, hey, free agency opens on Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. All those guys will be signed. Well, one running back signed for the most part. It's pretty good. And now just a couple of receivers have signed as well. So and the we one running back that signed was like before free agency. He right. just si- re-signed with his own team. So we got. Oh, I mean, there's a couple guys. That it's got, it's know, still trickling in. Somebody, somebody's just signed before we even started That's the true. show. Yeah, so Samaje P. Ryan resigned with uh, Cincinnati. If you start him in your championship game, he gave you 22 the points. Nasty natty. Hey, yeah, get on it. Come on, you, buddy. You got Joe Mixon. You better back him up with with but, a sandwich. Yeah, so, I mean a sandwich. Like Ja Rule said, you better <laughs> the big fine thing. You better back that thing up. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into. But before we get into today's show, the 2021 class, uh, we had, I do have a, a special announcement to make here. We have a new partnership we're partnering up with, with DynastyDepot.com that we're very, very excited about. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to introduce you to the owner of Dynasty Depot. He's going to kind of tell you about how this new partnership is going to work and how it's going to benefit you, the nerd herd, and our listeners, because we have some really good promos here. Um, so it, it's an introduction to Dynasty Depot. It's going to take about 10 minutes. I really hope you guys stop, take the time to listen to this. Some really good info in here about Dynasty Depot, about how not you can you, not only can you expand your Dynasty game, but how you can actually make some money now playing Dynasty Fantasy Football with an opportunity for free to win up to $500,000. It's worth listening there as well. $500,000. Not $500. No. $500,000. But his site can make you five hundred too. There's a lot of information here. You're going to be very intrigued about what he has to offer. Take a listen to our new friends at DynastyDepot.com. All right, Nerd Herd, just like we said, we have a new announcement to make, and I'd like to introduce somebody who we're very excited about partnering up with here at Dynasty Nerds, and welcome to the Nerd Herd family, and I hope you guys all open your arms as well for our new partner, and that's Dynasty Depot, and today I have with me Nelson, who is the owner and founder of Dynasty Depot. Nelson, how are we doing today? Rich, thanks a lot, man. We're so excited to be uh, to be associated with you guys, and you know, hopefully, you know, your crew takes a liking to us and likes what we put together, man. We're really excited. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be bringing you on here today if I didn't think the nerd herd would be excited about what you could bring to the dynasty table. Can you give our audience? Can you let them in on what Dynasty Depot is, Nelson? Can you give them a little? Uh, little insight on here, what can take their dynasty game to another level? It is, man. So we have opened the industry's first auction site for FFPC dynasty teams. 
you are able to bid, buy, and sell dynasty teams on our site. There's teams that you can buy for a dollar. There's teams you can buy for $5,000. People are making profits. People are selling to get rid of teams. It just opened up a lot of different avenues for people in dynasty. Yeah, I love the idea, Nelson. I love what you guys have brought to the table here. One of the funnest parts of Dynasty 1 is getting into a new league, right? Starting a team, drafting, and then you run that team. And what's nice about the FFPC is you're, you're joining the league and, and you're committed to your team. It's not like you're getting with a bunch of buddies a lot of times. It's just like you're joining these random Dynasty teams. And some people, you know, they, they like to run a team for two to three years. And sometimes they get burned on a league or they just want to move on and try new ventures. You give a new platform allow people to sell dynasty teams. And what you've seen on your new platform, a lot of people sell these teams for a profit. It, it is. It, it's really, it's turned into, we've been, we've been in business now about nine weeks. We've sold over a thousand teams on this site. What we found, it, it's turned into the best of both worlds. It's a stock market for dynasty fantasy football teams. People are buying low, making trades. I see the team posted up 10 days later for a couple hundred dollars more. And, and that's really what it's turned into. It's turned into a day trading thing. It's turned into a way for people to unload teams. It's turned into a way, listen, not everybody has three, four weeks to draft a maiden team. So they're able to buy right in, you know, at, at, at the team that they want, their favorite players, or somebody can get into a $500 league for maybe 50, 60 bucks on a guy that wants to get rid of his team. You make some moves and it introduces you to higher levels of play. Yeah, this is, this is a nice platform for all different skill sets of the Dynasty player. You know, the novice, the skilled player, maybe you've been listening to Dynasty Nerds podcast now for the last seven years, and you think you are the cream of the crop when it comes to Dynasty fantasy football. And maybe your skill set is rebuilding teams. Like Nelson said, you could buy a $500 entry fee team for like 60, 70 bucks. Use your skill set at playing Dynasty, rebuild that team win a championship, and then get out, sell it for a profit, double dip, win the championship, sell it for a profit, go buy another team, reload that as well. Because sometimes you'll see these leagues that, you know, hey, I have an open in my dynasty league. It's a $400 league, uh, but it's crap, right? There's nothing good on there, but you still, you're like, oh, I don't want to pay 400 bucks to get in here. Because that's what the FFPC offers. They offer high stakes dynasty leagues. So that gives you an opportunity to do a high stakes league or extremely cheap. And then you can use your skill set to rebuild that team. Or maybe your skill set is drafting dynasty teams, get them out early, build a very strong, strong foundation. And that's your skill set. Well, this gives you a platform to do that, build a solid team, see how you do for a year or two, and then sell it for a profit. So no matter what, you're coming out a winner. Now, when we say that you've partnered up and this is offers for FFPC and the FFPC is a high stakes platform, a lot of our audience might not even know what the FFPC is, which we just converted over for the Dynasty GM right now. You can auto import all your leagues on the Dynasty GM. Nelson, can you tell us about the FFPC and your personal relationship with them? FFPC, you can run a league. It's anywhere from $77 up to $5,000 leagues. The meat and the potatoes are their $250, $500, $750 leagues. There's thousands of these leagues. Now, FFPC is a point and a half tight end premium short bench. We carry 20 roster spots. We cut down to 16 March 30th. So it really is an advantage to, to the better players, you know, on how you handle your teams with FFPC. But the, the difference is that point and a half tight end premium really makes a difference when you're drafting, when you're seeing Kelsey go at 108, when you're used to him going at 310. So strategically, you have to gear up. So 
What we tell all of our people, especially our newer members at Dynasty Depot, get in something cheap. Get in a $77 league. Find yourself a $25 team. Get acquainted for F- with FFPC before you go banging up into the higher leagues. Yeah, I get lots of questions on Twitter and social media all the time. Like, how, how I want to play in a high-stakes league that I don't know a lot of people that, you know, I can't fill out the whole 12-man league. That's what FFPC offers. And FFPC is such a great platform. This is a platform that holds thousands of leagues. And this is a dynasty platform that has never had a league fold as well. So not only are you getting into a high stakes league, but you're getting into a high stakes league that you have confidence that will be in there year in and year out. And then when you're ready to get out, you're no longer having to try and find a new owner or you have this guilty conscience where you bailed on a league and it's high stakes. All you do is go to Dynasty Depot and you sell that team and maybe you're okay with taking a loss or maybe you're okay with taking a profit on a good team. So this is a really good opportunity for our audience to try a whole different level of the game, Dynasty Fans Football, which we love so much. So Nelson, can you tell us how our Nerd Her members today can get started on Dynasty Depot and take advantage of this new partnership we have? Through your graciousness and and letting us get involved with you guys. So we have what's called a rookie membership at Dynasty Depot. It's $49.95, gives you all the bid, buying, and selling you can eat. For the nerd herd, it's $14.99 for 12 months to be able to come onto our site, bid, buy, sell. There's a couple hundred teams on the site right now that you can go through. Before you even sign up, which is fine, you go to DynastyDepot.com, click Teams for Sale right on the homepage. You don't even have to be a member. You can see all the Dynasty teams that are for sale. You'll see the Buy It Now prices. Remember, we're an auction site, Rich. So there is a buy it now and a reserve. It runs just like eBay. A reserve being the minimal amount that that person will sell his team for. And then there's, of course, a higher buy it now if you just want to click it and win it. Yeah, so the first step is just get to DynastyDepot.com right now. Check out the team for sale and look at this platform. And if any interests you, use that promo code NERDS, sign up, get a massive discount there, and now you're set up for the year. You have the opportunity as these teams come out throughout the whole summer to make a bid. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, procrastinate. Then all of a sudden you want to sign up and all of a sudden that team sold. And you're like, that was my team. That was the one that I could have done wonders with. It had the one, one and the one seven. I could have Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts. This is great stuff that I just missed out on. Then you have your membership. Then now all of a sudden you have FFPC teams that you could start selling on Dynasty Depot right now. Use that promo code again, nerds at dynastydepot.com for $14.99. And you're going to be locked in for a really good opportunity here to start really expanding your Dynasty game. Nelson, I saw the Dynasty Depot leaderboard. Can you tell us about that? It's fantastic, man. This is uh, probably the greatest thing that we created. Let's look at it this way. Every team you buy, let's, 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 let's set it up like this. You go on and buy a $77 team for five bucks in a standard league. I go on and buy a $5,000 team for 5,000 bucks. Me and you are now competing with each other in the Dynasty Depot leaderboard. So here's how it works. Every week when the season starts in 2021, your points will accumulate from FFPC and transfer to the Dynasty Depot leaderboard. Doesn't matter we're in different leagues. We are in the same genre of leagues. So there's a standard, a best ball, a super flex, and a super flex best ball. When you go to dynastydepot.com, click on leaderboards. So it's a game within a game. So every Tuesday, you'll go to Dynasty Depot, see how your team's stacking up. The prizes we're giving away are insane. First place is F4 FFPC main event seats. 
So remember, Rich, you bought that team for five bucks, stacked it up like you always do. Now you win this thing and you win an FFPC main event seat. So your $5 could win you a half a million dollars in their big main event. Second prize is a $500 free Dynasty team, courtesy of Dynasty Depot. And right down the line, that all comes with your membership. You're not even buying into this. Your points transfer re weekly. They add up and accumulate, and it goes head-to-head -head against everybody in that division. I mean, listen to this, Nerdherd. There's not many opportunities we get on this podcast to offer you half a million dollars. Right. And that's what we're doing right now. It's simple. And you don't have to do anything special. Like Nelson said, you literally just got to go in and manage your dynasty team. I know tons of savvy dynasty owners out there right now listening that can build a very quality dynasty team. If you can build it, that $500,000 could come. Why do we play dynasty in the first place? It's because it's such a fun experience. We all know we handle more leagues. Nobody's in one dynasty league. It just doesn't work that way. It's just too great of a game. So get out there today, get to dynasty depot, check out these teams, check out FFPC. You remember the text I sent you about a week ago. Cause after we started two weeks ago, we started getting into this stuff and it was a $500 team. And I showed you the bid. It was at $5,000. People are selling these teams for three to seven X of the league entry fee. If you've got a stacked team. There, you can make more money without playing a down on Dynasty Depot. You don't even have to play the year. You might get first place money. That's what people are doing on Dynasty Depot right now. Yeah, I absolutely love it, Nelson. I think this is a great platform. It's exclusive why we brought you on the podcast today to like spend extra time talking about this because we believe in it so much. I think a lot of our listeners know is you know we have a lot of advertising opportunities, a lot of partner uh, partnership opportunities, and we don't take those. We take those very seriously because we want to make sure whatever we're doing is going to benefit our audience. And there's, I don't think there's many things on here that we've talked about that benefits our audience as great as a platform that you created. So thank you for that again, because what we're always trying to do is grow the game of dynasty. And I think this is another big step in that direction. So before we go, Nelson, do you have any veteran savvy tips maybe for new beginners on your market today where they can help out? Start slow. Okay. I like to see we will start slow, go ahead and buy something for 20 bucks spin it around, make a couple trades, put it up for sale where you now you, you maybe make a hundred bucks on it, move yourself up, step up to a 250 league, start at 77, step up to 250, work your way up to 500. Don't jump right in with the sharks. Go ahead and learn the system and learn the FFPC way before you get in too deep with it. There you have it, folks. DynastyDepot.com. Make sure you use that promo code NERDS for that massive discount from $49.99 the $14.99 and get started today on DiceyDepot.com. All right, Nelson, thanks a ton for coming on the show today. I'm so excited about this new relationship we've just started here to help our Dynasty game grow as a whole. And thanks for such a great discount you're giving our Nerd Herd, our exclusive discount for the Nerd Herd here. Hey, man, we appreciate the opportunity that you have given us. We love your product. We love what you guys do for the game and all you how you promote Dynasty. And we are just honored to be... Uh, in a relationship with you guys. And I thank you very much for the opportunity. All right, guys. So let's get into this 2021 rookie class. Now I said it's very top heavy, Malin headed style. Just, so the guy at the very top here, clear cut tier one by himself, Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida, 246 pounds, six foot six. I'm going to start by mm. saying this. If you listen to the podcast, you've heard me say this a couple of times. This is the best tight end I've ever scouted on film in the history of scouting uh, players at the position. I love me some TJ Hawkinson, but this guy is in a different class all to himself. He's into that Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow Jr. kind of mold, right? 
Super big, very athletic. He was a 2020 John Mackey Award winner. He's also the first tight end ever to be named the Belitnikoff Award finalist. Finished a year for 43 catches, receptions for 770 yards, and 12 receiving touchdowns. Had six consecutive quarters with 12 touchdowns as well. Now, he also missed three games last year because he had a concussion at the end of the year, and he's even sat out his bowl game. But this is a guy who has very good hands. He's never, ever dropped, according to Pro Football Focus, a red zone pass. In the history of his career, he's never dropped one. He wins jump balls on an everyday basis. This guy just dominates. And what he is, I mean, he's not a good blocker, but, you know, that's fine. He's a try-hard I, I don't think he's a terrible yeah. blocker. No, no, he, he's a willing blocker. For, for, a guy, for a guy that runs routes like a wide receiver, he actually blocks pretty well. I mean, and he's a big-bodied guy that moves. The, the biggest thing with him is he's just so tall at times yeah. that he just doesn't get low enough. That's like the I, thing. He's, it's a leverage thing for him. He, exactly. He, he needs to bulk up if he's going to be that high. But, but you would assume a guy that has that talent in the passing game would just completely neglect the, the right. blocking game and could get away with like it. Like Harrison Bryant. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but he does not. No, he, he's a very he, – he's a willing blocker. Let me put this. The foundation's there for him to get better in the NFL. It's not yeah. – but I don't even care. I don't want it. I don't care if he ever blocks in his entire life because I don't need him to because he's, he's just dom- – he's such a mitch, mismatch. It, he, he dominates linebackers. And he's too big for the cornerbacks. Yeah, and, and, if, an, and if, I don't, if an NFL coach is using him as a blocker, he's doing it wrong. You know what I mean? He's right. such an offensive weapon out there catching passes that if, if that's his main job, then that head coach should be fired or whoever the offensive coordinator is should be fired. Yeah, he attacks all levels of the field. There's nowhere where he's not a dominant weapon for your fantasy football team. I mean, if you want the next Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, you see a lot of comps on Kyle Pitts to Darren Waller's his closest because Darren Waller, the former big receiver, it is as the well. closest we can I mean, get. But he, yeah. he's, I'll, I'll even go as farther. Like he's like a Calvin Johnson, yeah. right? So like, that's the best comp, and it, it's weird because they're not the same position. It, and it, you hear me talk about the podcast a lot, like the tight end position and why, you know, why I love the tight end position so much is because if you look last year on, on the best ball leagues, for example, most of those leagues that won had Travis Kelsey on their roster because Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey was giving you wide receiver one numbers at the tight end position. It's a huge edge you can get over your opponents because that pool of talent is so small. We always talk about the pool of talent is the top six, right? The top six, the top six, because the top six is in a different tier from six to seven to 15, right? Well, tier one of that, because the top six is a diff- not its own tier. Tier one is Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey. You can argue Travis Kelsey's his own tier. Kyle Pitts has a chance to be in that tier, right? Sure. TJ Hawkinson's my tight end two. I love him. He, he's fantastic. George Kittle's my tight end one because right. t- George Kittle's in that mold too. But to get a guy like Kyle Pitts that can put up wide receiver one numbers, he's a difference maker. In a tight end premium league, I, I'd be as okay with taking him high as 1-4. And in a, non, in a non-tight end premium league, a one QB league, I'd still be okay with taking him as high as 1-3, one four because he's a difference maker. I know he's not going to be. I know it's kind of hard. That, like sometimes people want to have a hard time taking a tight end that high. But I think Kyle Pitts is an exception to the rule because he can give you those wide receiver one numbers in the tight end position, a la Travis Kelsey, what he does, which again gives you that edge. If you see some best ball startups, you'll see Travis Kelsey go one two, one three, one four because they know it's that much of a difference maker in their league, and that's what Kyle Pitts can get you. And what I really think he's going to make the difference is not only on his receptions, not only on his yards gained, but touchdowns. He yep. is 
absolutely such a mismatch versus anybody in the NFL right now, and that's touchdowns. And touchdowns are the bread and butter when it comes to fantasy football production. And this is what he offers on top of the receiving yards, on top of of the receptions. I mean, he gets in and out of his breaks, and he catches the ball like a wide receiver. He catches he's very, he's, he's a hand catcher. Sudden, you know what I mean? He's not one of these. He's not one of these big guys that's lumbering and, and kind of rounds off his routes. He's sudden in and out of his breaks. He can sink his hips. For a guy that's six foot six, two hundred forty six pounds, that's just that's rare. It doesn't happen. And and you know, not to mention the fact that he can go up like you said on the jump balls and out jump guys. I mean, most most tight ends they're big and and that's how they use their height. They're just big. They they normally can't also on top of it jump. You know what I mean? They don't they don't have great verticals. But this guy can go up and do it, and he, he and he uses his hands so well. And he's a basketball so player well. type athlete. Absolutely at the tight end position. Yep. And those are, you know, we see a lot of like converted tight ends mm-hmm. that are uh, converted basketball players that become good tight ends. I don't know that he necessarily has the basketball career that, you know, we talked about with like Jimmy Graham or Antonio Gates or different guys like that that end up panning out. But it's that same type of thing that you would have expected to see had he been, you know, a big time basketball player. Right. Uh, he, he really is. He really is an incredible prospect. The one thing that I will say real quick that is, is going to be difficult is the hype on Kyle Pitts, and it's deserving. It's 100% deserving. But the hype is so high. I'm not sure I'm going to have a ton of shares of Kyle Pitts just because, like, I don't know that I can quite, like, in a one QB league, take him at three or four, which I could see him going there at times. I, I wouldn't argue is what I'm saying. Right. Like, if you but trade I, but the I position. do think there's going to be somebody in those leagues that are going to try to take him top five, and that's going to be the hardest part is he's so talented and worth it Tight end's just such a real it's a really hard one to project. It is. He's the clearest one we've ever had, probably, but it's still just so hard to predict. There's so much evidence on the contrary, too, to, to say like the, the the Eric Ebron type of guys or the Evan Ingrams yeah, of the see, high draft. But Eric Ebron had hand issues even coming out. Like he didn't have the like when you saw him, like he you, he didn't have the strength that Kyle Pitts has. It's that's that's the difference for me. Like I'm not comparing him with some of these other guys that went high because He's different in that category. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm back to the the, the the when I was watching like stuff like on Jeremy Shockey, mm-hmm. Kellen Winslow, guys that still went really high, but had no questions on the hands, right? Like Eric Ebron was a great prospect, but sure. his hands were never the great. And you never looked at him and gave him a Calvin Johnson cop, sure. for example. I, I really think this is an outlier. That's I wouldn't say, oh guys, I'd be okay with him going at four in a one QB league or Italian Premier League if I wasn't that confident in him. He's I think he's a difference maker from day one, the moment he steps on the football field. And again, I understand that that I think it's a problem a lot of people in Dice are gonna have. Like, well, there's there's Jalen Waddle, there's Devontae Smith, there's Devontae Williams. Yeah, that's that's great. But you can find other guys like that. Sure. You cannot find Cal like just imagine again, he's tw- and here's the thing too. He's it's only the, it's cool. a bodies theory. There's he's only so many old. bodies that are like this guy's and that can move like this in the world. Like, you know what I mean? It's the in world, the world. world theory. Like, Le- he's LeBron right, James, right. essentially playing football is right. what it is. And he's only 20 years old, right? right. So he doesn't turn 21 till October. So this is a guy, just imagine, if you can go back in time right now, and I told you guys right now, and I told everybody listening, you can get Travis Kelsey, who's 31 now, and the production Travis Kelsey is going to get you for the next 10 years right now. How high are you taking him in this draft? And that's why I told you right now. Like, this guy is Travis Kelsey right now. He's going to give you Travis Kelsey production for 10 years at the tight end position. How high are you taking him? If that's if that's the output that you are that you can guarantee you're, you're going to, yeah, then you can take him one. I mean, you can argue that, you know. Fair enough. 
Uh, that's, that, that's that's worth point. it because any other person that you're going to take there, who, I mean, who knows? It's crapshoot, and and you know the running backs obviously have such a short window that you know obviously you could bump them right up ahead of any of those guys. So then you're really just talking Jamar Chase and, and Smith. Like, see, and that, here's the problem: those guys like, are the argument anyway. It, it, again, everything's a gamble, right? You, we're playing. This is this is a risk. All draft picks are risk. Right. Yeah, it's it's just our best educated guess. If you're asking me though, Rich, give me give me the for sure things in this draft. Things that you would literally have to bet your life on. You have to give me a player or two. The two players I would bet my life on that we're going to have talent at the next level would be Najee Harris. It's going to be Kyle Pitts. That's my only four shirts, right? My only four shirts are going to be really, like, they're going to produce, and you're going to be happy with them, right? There's going to be no dud effect. And you said I can only pick one, it'd be Kyle Pitts. 100% it'd be Kyle Pitts. Hands down. I don't, I don't know if you read his stats from this past season, but he only played in eight games. He had... 43 receptions, 770 yards, and 12 touchdowns. That's 12 touchdowns. So, I mean, do the math. There's 16 games in the NFL. He played eight last year. Just double those numbers. 86 receptions, 1,540 yards, and 24 touchdowns. Does that sound like a no that easy. season? It's that easy at the next <laughs> I level. I mean, just boom. And the cool, the cool part about him is sometimes you have these, these freak prospects, and they do one thing really, really well. That's the special part about him. He does a lot of things really, really well. It's not just he's got to win the jump ball or he's not going to be successful. It's not he's just got to, you know, fix, you know, he's got great hands, but, you know, I don't know about what, like, literally you can point to, to every category that matters you can throw for fantasy balls. purposes. You can, you can throw him catch screens. You can throw, I mean, anything. He's, he's got he's His over-the-shoulder ability, they can catch yep. over-the-shoulder like wide receiver. It's a really crappy pass as well. <laughs> he does. And that's, I think that's the thing that, uh, going back to your point, Rich, that's what does give me the hope that I would maybe even consider taking him that high, even though I don't think that I will, but I would consider it because of those things. Like I, I also feel very strongly that the likelihood of him busting, everyone has a chance to bust, sure. but the likelihood of him busting is so minuscule compared to most players. And it also depends on your team. Who's on your team, where your roster, where's your biggest needs. And I'm not saying I would, I'm, again, this is not me saying take him at, I'm not sitting there on this podcast going, you got to take him at four. Right. I'd say I'd be okay with it. You know what I mean? Right. In a super flex tight end premium, like I want one of those four quarterbacks, one, two, three, four, essentially, right? If I need a quarterback. And then I love Najee Harris because Najee Harris is a difference maker. I think if Najee Harris pans out, you can get Kyle Pitts. Like that's the thing for any good running back, you can get a high end tight end for the most part. But again, try and get kept Travis Kelsey. If he's 25 years, putting those numbers up George Kittle right now, try and buy George Kittle. You're paying a high end premium for that. Cause yeah. it's that much of a difference maker on your team. So for me, Kyle Pitts, like I'm okay with taking him that high. Sure. I would love, I want to see where he lands up, ends up in the NFL draft. I would love Chargers. him on the Chargers. Yes. Mm. I did a guest podcast at the Feverish Fernando podcast. He's yeah. like, where's your dream landing spot? I'm like the Chargers. Hands down. You match him up with Justin Herbert's arm and you got Austin Eckler in the backfield with Mike Williams and Keen Allen on the outside. Like that, the middle of that field would be so open for him every single time. He's going to have 85 <laughs> 85 imagine, catches for 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. Can you imagine the the Chiefs Chargers games twice a year oh with those God. two offenses? That would be that would be pay per view TV. That would be. And, when you, and whoever drafts him, that he's going to go top ten. And whoever drafts him, they're going to utilize him like Travis Kelsey's use, like how Darren Waller is going to use. Like he's going to be there. There's nowhere he's going to go where he's not going to be the focal point. I would love him if hmm. if somehow say Dallas. If, Ooh, Dallas, Dallas would be nice. All those other weapons. That's so much. See, Dallas, I wouldn't be as in love with because there's so many other weapons there. Like, there's so many other balls to go around. Like, I like 
Carolina. Well, I would love him in Carolina with ball. Joe Brady. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean? Like they're going to pound the so, rock with Zeke. So many other it, places for the ball to go. It, yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I would, I like him anywhere to yeah. be fair, but Dallas would be a little bit lower on my list for him personally. All right. I would like, cause I want him to go somewhere where he could be George. I want him to be the focal point of this offense, essentially in a passing, in a passing game. That's where I think that's how strong mm-hmm. I think he is, is that number one target. First or second option. That, no lower than that. Yeah. And I think he, that's what he could be in for the chargers. Nope. Personally, Dallas would be a nice fit as well. I think they really need to fix their defense. I think they have enough weapons on offense, but we'll see. He's one of those prospects doesn't matter where he goes. Go to Arizona. I love him there. You know what I mean? It's like I think Arizona would be a good spot too. It's it's gonna be a nice spot. Put him in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. I'm okay with him there. Which is weird that Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati offered Kenny Galladay a one year high. Contract. I did see that. That's interesting. Sound Cincinnati. We'll talk that about a free agency yep. show. Um, so for Kyle Pitts, for me, can't miss prospect. Uh, does everything well. He's basically a giant. Wide receiver. He's Calvin Johnson. As I say, he does position. he does things better than well. I think you're understating it when you say he does everything well. Because I mean, his blocking, his blocking, I think well. he does well. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like his his lowest type of, of of measure. I think if if you guys were to now, I know you guys don't do other scouting for other positions, linemen, that kind of stuff. But as far as like what you guys have seen, if you were to give him a grade, do you think he would be the highest grade out of any player at any position? in this year's class or even a lot of the years. Oh, no, Trevor Lawrence would be the highest graded player okay. in this class. That, that, um, that was going to be my question between him and, and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, would be. It's hard because you hear about, like, the offensive linemen, like Sewell out of uh, Oregon, like, supposed to be really good. You mm-hmm. hear about yeah, – but for me, offensively, yeah, he'd be pretty high. Again, he's the best tight end I've ever watched on film, ever. He's probably – how about this? Um, he's probably one of the biggest difference makers. You know what I mean? Like, you can argue he is the biggest difference maker. Quick trivia. From a fantasy What's the highest the tight end's ever gone in the NFL draft? Vernon Davis. That is incorrect. 104. 104, I That's thought. C- See, this guy, I already told him. I thought it was four, though, also before he said Matt, something. you get credit. Thank Jared you. doesn't. Um, yeah, four is the highest. Uh, Mike Ditka. Like I was just saying, it was Ditka, right? It was, I, and there was oh, two other guys. One more second, I would have said it was Ditka. I was, I was trying to think of who it was. It was I all pre-60s. Like yeah, there was one guy in the 60s, one in the 50s, and one in the 70s. Because then it was Vernon Davis, Kellen Winslow Jr., uh, Hawkinson's up there because he was at up there eight. eight. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think before, before we get off Kyle Pitts, one thing I want to uh, reemphasize here then about Kyle Pitts is everything we talked about obviously makes him sound like the second coming of Travis Kelsey, which is fine. But the most important thing that, that I want to harp here is when we scout these players, we're looking for things that they could do well to help their NFL team. But most importantly, to help your fantasy team to me, Kyle Pitts is fantasy football gold right you know you hear me talking about like these players are dynasty gold Kyle Pitts is dynasty gold that's what he is so not only is he very talented we see a lot of players that are very talented OJ Howard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a very talented tight end but he we had a little bit lower because he didn't scream fancy production because he's a really good blocker right right? so that doesn't Hunter Hunter Henry's pretty solid you know what I mean but he's not dynasty gold so for me Kyle Pitts is everything you could ever dream of out of a dynasty tight end, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle. That's what you want. There's only three of those guys in existence, and one's 31. This kid's 20 years old. And that's, I think that is the perfect place to end it. The scarcity of those upper echelon tight ends is, it's, there's just, there are only three of them. And, and you're looking for the next one because those are the type of guys that can win you championships. If you plug those guys yes. in your lineup, they're championship winners. He's a championship caliber yep. player. He, and he solves your your worry at that position for the next 10 years. You will never worry about who you're putting in your starting tight end spot for 10 years. 
That is such a good commodity to have in dynasty fantasy football. That also overstates it. That's what gives you that bump over the running backs. He's such a good mm-hmm. commodity for a long time and puts you in a position in your draft. You no longer have to worry about it. And now you can draft other positions and let them T- fall to you. Tight end, though, is notorious for being the hardest position to learn. So if he doesn't have 100 yards on 10 catches his first game, th- don't give up hope. Like, no. it, it won't take him long. Three years. But... But not him. He'll he'll be Hawkinson, who contributed year two as a top five tight end. I I, I could see that as well. But I we know how impatient people can be. He'll and be yelling at us after week three when he hasn't had a hundred yard. Kyle game Pitts yet. will be a top seven fantasy tight end this year's rookie year, which is Ooh. unprecedented. Wow. Unprecedented. Wow, that's a that's a hot take. Crystal balls. He's that. that. He's yeah, that you didn't good. even bust out the balls for that. No, no, no. Didn't need, need to. to. No need to. Don't, I don't need Crystal. Tell me that. See with my own two eyes. I don't need you magical balls. <laughs> Oh, hey. Oh, they're there. They're here. They're somewhere. I just got a tingling sensation. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our second tight end, right? right, Now, when there's a second tier here, this is the largest second tier I've ever seen in the history of me scouting from a player. The longest gap, right? Is that what you're saying? Between first and second tiers? Because he's so good, right? Right. Kyle Pitts, so good. So good. Let's move on to Brevin Jordan. Okay. Miami, Dol- <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Hurricanes. You're already, already deciding where he's going to go. You never know. I mean, he Six could foot be. three, 245 pounds, was a number one tight end recruit coming out in 2018. This is a guy that, again, he's not an overly uh, great blocker, but he started for three years for the Hurricanes mm-hmm. right down there. And he's one of those guys that, like, when he runs his routes, when you see him, like, oh, dude, he gets it. Like, he can run a route. Like, he can attack the, the defensive backs pretty well. Uh, the one thing I didn't like about Brevin Jordan is his hands. It's the number one thing I – like, he's a big guy. He's athletic. Uh, I like the way he runs his routes. I like the way he'll stem his routes, and then you know he'll, he'll stack that receiver pretty good. Like it's nice to see out of a tight end, but he does. A, when I was watching it, almost all his catches were short, intermediate catches for the most part. He did a lot of yards after the catch. It, it is, stuff. which is nice. I I feel like he like lost the ball sometimes in the air and let it get in on him or get past him almost. Sometimes I, I'm with you there. Sometimes <laughs> like it was very, Oh, I mean, dude, he caught the ball with his body more than his hands. And like he would, he was bumble like ball. Sometimes yeah, he's definitely a, a closer to the line of scrimmage, like a low a dot guy. But I think the thing that for, for me says that he is his special trait. The one thing that makes me very interested in him is, is it holding. What's Hold, that? Is it holding? Holding. I saw him do he's that. He's so good lot. at it. He's so good at he's holding. He's good at it because he didn't get called for it a lot. I was really kind of surprised. I'm like, how did they not catch that? How did they not catch that? How, he always getting his hands on the outside of uh, uh, outside of the shoulder pads. I'm like, yeah. So. No, the the thing for me is it's it's the yards after the catch, yeah. and it's his it's his ability to actually make guys miss as a tight end, which is which is not a. I don't know that I've ever said that in like watching tight end saying like this guy will make people miss in the open field. He that, jumped over a guy. That, I you don't him. say that about tight ends. You just don't <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're, they're big, they're physical, they're lumbering they're They'll run you over. They'll jump over you. But like, those are all good adjectives, but they're, they're not going to juke people out. They're yeah. not going to like hurdle people. Like that's put a not, shoulder into him. I mean, he, he can get, you're not tackling him with the arm. Like he could take no. a, if you put arm around him, he he's can make a it. play yeah. with the ball in his hands. And I think that is the thing for me that, uh, like I would, even though people, nobody wants anyone to go to this team. Like if there were to be another team that were to use two tight ends, well, I would love to see him like go to Baltimore and just feast off of all of the low a dot stuff and just go buck wild with it. Well, they just traded for Josh Oliver. So that's sure happening. Yeah. Oh, did they really? Yeah. I didn't even see yeah. that. Yep. Yep. They traded for him today. Um, and, and I get, and I, listen, so eight, I mean, low a dot stuff. I mean, you're talking, he just did a lot of like little stuff where he's like going behind the line of scrimmage and they're just 
dumping them little swing passes. Yeah. Those are the, the those are that's like mostly what I saw. On and he tape. had some problems with those at times. Yeah, well, he dropped some of those as well. Yeah, literally, it'd be a swing. There's a yeah. quick out, you yeah. know, like across the thing. He catches it, into yeah. his body, falls out. Yeah, right. So I think I think you and I have a very similar feel of Brevin Jordan, where I think he's athletically has gifts. Yes, um, but he definitely has issues. So to me, I mean, I'm not sure the, he's a guy that I'm gonna like latch onto unless he finds himself in a situation that I I cannot say no to. You know what sure. I mean? And I don't know what that perfect situation even is right now, but um, I'll note when I see it. I, I wrote that? down. I, he. I wrote down. He's. I would like to see him in a West Coast offense where they keep things short and sweet to get the ball in his hands. Used kind of like Austin Hooper when they had him in Atlanta, where he was the tight end, kind of essentially one. Where I can see a team that's using him a lot of on you know like screens, tight end screens out inside, routes, inside shallow, screens. all those yeah. shallow routes, anything that gets in his balls, the ball in his hands like really fast, right? Like, mm-hmm. That's what that's what I like to that's see because yeah. there's a lot of concerns he, here. When I mentioned Kyle Pitts dynasty gold, I don't see that here at Brevin Jordan. I see a guy who could help an NFL football team, but I see a team that has a lot of worries because, I mean, if you if you press him and he has to do a contested catch, he's going to fail every single time. He was terrible on all the tape I watched versus contested yeah. catches. And couldn't make it. Couldn't make a single one. Um, he, he he didn't go out like he's not a hands catcher. So the ball's away from him. He struggles, right? And if the ball's in he, him, he that was my biggest negative as well. That he is more of a body catcher than than a hands catcher, and that that is that is the the biggest drawback for me. And that and he's actually a little bit undersized too, at only six foot three. So, uh, but I think if he is used similar to Irv Smith Jr., how Evan Ingram was early in his career, like I think he compares to those players very favorably. And I think he has a very similar similar skill set to those guys. I, I see a path for success. I see I see a path as well. I just I'm not sure how much of an appetite an NFL coach is going to have for the drops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's going to have to find. I think he's going to have to improve in that area in order for him to succeed. And people have done it. It's not like impossible to do. Yeah. But you've also seen people not do it and just sure. dis- disappear from the league. You know what I mean? Or just turn into yeah, a. Keep a a blocking tight end, like they they improve on uh, on their block on their blocking, and that's that's their role. Sure. So from a fantasy football standpoint, if he doesn't improve his hands, I'm just not sure if he's ever going to tap that that potential. I, I can see him being like a he'll finish the year once as tight end seven overall. The hype will get a little bit high, uh, and then I, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys right around like, and if he if he pans out right, tight end nine to tight end. 14, right in that range. It's just... And there's I, a lot of those guys. Like, we were talking about, you know... There's a lot... Of, you can get Logan Thomas right. for the draft pick you would get here, and he'd probably offer better production. So, I mean, we're talking we're talking Kyle Pitts in the early part of the first round to the mid part of the first round is probably the range that he's going to be going in. And now we're talking about tight ends that I think are going to be end of, end of the second round or into the second round and, and, and guys that are going to be the third. Well, round. actually, the next time we're talking about, I actually like a lot. So, I do too. I do too. I think yeah. I, I would take him in tight end premium league significantly higher than for me, Brevin Jordan. I feel like there's other tight ends in here that we're going to talk about. Um, so he's got he's got some warts, I guess. Brevin Jordan, yeah, right? like guys like Noah Gray, for example. Like, I like Noah Gray. A lot. You know what I mean? Like if, I, if I'm looking for upside, it's just Brevin Jordan worries me. There's a lot of red flags there that make me think that because he's going to be a hot name. I think he's going to be a high enough draft prospect. I think he's a hot name right now in the dynasty community. Yeah, I would just say be wary. I feel like. I feel like the draft pick that you're going to use on Brevin Jordan, you can go out and get somebody a little bit better or that's going to give you the same production. That's more guaranteed. Similar you know upside I mean? later in the draft, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, Logan Thomas is older, but like I would rather have Logan Thomas than Brevin Jordan, I don't which is crazy. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't disagree crazy, with that. Like you've already, 
you've already gone through the development process with him. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Logan Thomas is older, but at least you, you've seen a little bit on the NFL level. You've seen him do it. So I don't disagree with that either. It's, it, it's a lot of things to worry about. With Brett. It's, it's, it's his hands. And that's the number one thing. Again, sure. we're talking about Kyle Pitts. His hands are is great for him. The body catches, the inconsistency, the, the fact that the ball has to be on him. He can't really spread out for the ball. If, if you put a body on it, I feel like if I'm a defensive coordinator and you're going to put him out here, like I'm just going to press him every single time. Yeah, press I'm him. A, I'm yeah. a big bodied, uh, a defensive back here. I'm going to put, I'm going to press him and he's going to fail every single time. And I think he's going to have issues in blocking unless well, he cleans that up. Cause I really do think he was very handsy on tape. I will, I will say, and, and I think it's, I think it's just simply, I'm a little bit higher than you guys are on, on Brevin Jordan. If, if they're pressing him, I think he's a good enough athlete and a good enough route runner to be able to beat guys. Now, if, if it's contested catch situations, I don't have a ton of confidence in him. I'm with you on that. But I think he's, I think he's a, I think you guys are underselling his athletic ability a little bit no, I, on, I, on some of those types of things. Like you can't just pro, like put a safety on him, press him and say like, Oh, he's locked down now. Like I think he can beat a lot of coverage. But he's way. not the type of player that, um, I mean, obviously I'm no, not throwing no, jump no, balls no, in the end zone. Exactly. Right. No, right. no one's going to be Kyle Pitts. So it, it's hard to watch Kyle Pitts and then go back and watch these other guys and have, it's, it's not very have like fair. a really favorable yeah. Um, yeah. opinion of him. And you're not going to him in the red zone. And if you have a tight right. end that doesn't produce in the red zone, he's worth, he's almost worthless. He really is. Cause if you're not scoring touchdowns, you're at tight end, you're almost worthless. Cause you're not getting the receptions and you're not getting the yards that you need to be high end. So that's a good point. So that, like, again, I, I'm not arguing you like, his athletic ability, right? Like I, I'm okay with his like a short, quick slants on here. The way he's able to get on top of a receiver there, and yeah. I, I like that. I and I love him with the ball in his hands. What I'm worried about at the next level, then getting him the ball, is getting the ball in yeah. his hands to produce That's enough <laughs> at a high enough level. Like you said, right. no coach is going to live with those drops. No, nobody's going to live with all those body catches. Those body catches in the NFL that he had in Miami that I was watching multiple ones that he had that he didn't catch could be easily in the NFL interceptions. Right? Interceptions are just drive killers, man. You know, you're looking for at five yard out. It's, it should be a relatively easy pass, and he and he's bumbling those type of things and dropping them, like just f- flat out dropping them. So. But he's got great upside because I do love I do love everything you love. It's not mm. like yeah, I understand. I, let me put this: way. I understand why you like him a lot. Yeah, it's just I have enough concerns for my dynasty roster and such a deep draft class that I have some worries. If Brevin Jordan is there in the third round, I'm excited. You know what I mean? If he's in the second round, like I'm like, I could do better here at wide receiver, right? And then, because I'd rather take the, the wide receiver here and then take another tight end after him, like a guy like Noah Gray. Sure, in the yeah, third. we'll get to him. And, th- and that's all. That's the only difference. I see the upside with Brevin Jordan. I just sometimes you got to wonder if the juice is worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. And if again, if you ask me, hey, do you think, same thing, your life depends on it. Will Brevin Jordan turn out and be a consistent top eight dynasty tight end? Fantasy football tight end for five years my answer would be no no mine would be no as well but i would have a hard time saying that for almost any rookie coming out in the past few years other than no than hawkinson and and pitts no a fan i would have said that yes about i Um, I don't know that i would have uh mark andrews i would have said that coming out i loved him coming out uh gasicki i liked coming out like something i could see that like again with brevin jordan when i watch his tape i'm like this is not equal success as an nfl if you can clean it up for sure but what's the hardest thing to clean up? Hands, man. Hands. It really is. It's the hardest thing it's to tough. clean up. If, if you're receiver. not a natural hands catcher, 
it shows up on tape and it's one of the toughest things to like really get good at. A hundred percent. I mean, look at, I mean, David Njoku is a, is a perfect example in the NFL right now. Another former uh, Miami. Yeah. Freak guy. athlete. Yeah. Freak athlete. We told it, we said he was totally raw and, and the issue he's always had throughout his whole entire NFL career has been his hands. They've just been inconsistent. And where has it landed him? Third tight end team. Third tight end on the on the depth chart right now. So I mean, that's I really thought he was getting traded today too. By the way, and what's crazy too is like David and Joku will make all the hard catches, right? And then he drops the easy ones. And that's yep. the thing. What kind of appetite does a coach have for that? They it, it doesn't take long for you to find your way to the bench when you're yeah. dropping easy passes and killing drives. You're you're a first round yeah. pick that you got your option picked up, and a guy a, a rookie tight end that they picked in the fourth round. Passed you up on the depth chart yep. that quickly because yeah you have no appetite for that, and with and with teams weren't running more twelve personnel it gives Brevin Jordan a little bit more time because maybe you put up in the slot sure and you and you create mismatches for him but again, I I said what I would love to see him in right the West Coast offense keeping the thing short and sweet get the ball in his hands, screens, uh, out routes mm-hmm. maybe like you said some uh, shallow routes you like as well. So in, in those inside shuffle passes yeah. that they do to the tight ends. Mm-hmm. And stuff Creating like mismatches yep. just like they did for Atlanta, in Atlanta with Austin Hooper, which made Austin Hooper until, until he got hurt in that point, tight end one overall. Sure. That's where I see Because if you get the ball in his hands, you create those mismatches. Yes, he's going to do something. He's going to turn a five-yard pass into 15 yards consistently. And that's yep. where it's going to come. I still don't think he's going to give you the touchdown production that you'd really want out of a high-end tight end. But that's his path to success, the being that tight end six, number seven, but again, to me, those guys are easy buys in Dynasty, right? Sure. Those are easy buys in Dynasty. You can buy tight end six overall. You can buy tight end eight. Or better yet, you can buy tight end 10 who gives you the same production. There's a ton of those second-tier guys, you know, everyone that's that's not those top three guys that we talked about. Which all is third the third tier, exactly, because there's tier one, yeah. which is the high end. Right. Then the really good guys, which are top six. And right. then there's the, the third tier, which is very big. And it's, a, it's, not, it's not a turd bubble. It's just... It's a big bubble it's of mad. like, yeah, it's man. There's there's yeah. sixteen of them almost like yeah, like fifteen or sixteen guys. It yeah. feels like that that could go that top six. Okay, all right, Rich. Well, if 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 you could if you could have a stock of Kyle Pitts, what yes. what would that stock be? Like, what would that stock look like? It'd be I think it would come in high. The IPO would come in high, mm-hmm. uh, but I wouldn't be scared off on it. It'd be like when Bitcoin comes in at like thirty five thousand. Like that's a big jump, and you're like. And everybody's telling you, like, that can go to 55000 Like, ooh, but that's a big commitment. I think I'd, I'd feel very comfortable. Whatever the IPO is on Kyle Pitts, it has nowhere to go but up. Look at you using these big that was That was good. Yeah, that, was, that was much more eloquent than I expected. Yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm wearing a bow tie next, uh, next, next episode because <laughs> I'm you, a fancy bitch. You have earned it, sir. Well, Thank you know so what? Much. The best news is you could, buy, you could buy a stock of Kyle Pitts. Oh, where at? Our friends at PredictionStrike.com. How did I know? PredictionStrike.com, our favorite app. I always bring up the app because I love that it's a, that they have an app. Our favorite app, or you can you can just go to your old school computer and you know do all that stuff there too. But it's our favorite place to go and buy and sell players just like you would in the real stock market. Most of us can't wax poetic like uh, Rich just did on the stock market. It was very impressive. <laughs> IPOs. Yeah, oh I was like gosh. IPA. Is that what <laughs> initial <laughs> public offer? I, I know what it means, but thank you for educating everyone. Wow. Oh, but simply at predictionstrike.com, you can just download the app. You can get on your computer and you can look at all of these players. We're getting into the NFL draft season. This is why we're breaking down all these guys. You can find these players that you're like, hey, this guy's not being talked about very much. He's pretty cheap. We're going to talk about some of those tight ends in a minute. Maybe I'll get a few shares of him and just just see where they go. Mm. Or you can get a guy like Kyle Pitts and you're like, you know what? I know it's an investment to start, but there's nowhere to go but up. That's what you can do at predictionstrike.com. The best part is... 
You can sign up with our promo code DYNASTY to receive $10 free with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code DYNASTY to receive $10 free. Yeah, I'd take that some money. I know who I'd invested in right now. I know who I think a good investment is. Jameis Winston. Hey. I really do. I think Jameis, with, with paired up with Sean Payton, Right, in offense. Is he the year. starter though? That's a thing. That's why his. That's price why is he's. That's suppressed. why his price is so low because everyone's like, "Oh, Taysom Hill." Yep. I think Jameis Winston's going to have a solid year this year in New Orleans. If it's a uh, superflex league, he's one I buy. I'd buy into him. Would you? Would you hedge your bet at all and get some Taysom Hill on the side just in if case? I'm, if, I'm he- if I'm hedging my bet and I'm placing some my money on something else like that, I'm going to my bookie because <laughs> that's where I place all my bets, and that's at my bookie. And guess what? With my bookie, March Madness is here. And the madness has already officially begun. It's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on the nonstop action with my bookie. Select the winners from 63 tournament games in the my bookie contract contest for a chance to win $10,000 in cash Ooh. prizes. It's only a dollar to enter. For a dollar, you can win 10000 Now, I'm not Albert Einstein or a mathematician. That's 10,000 times more money than you just put in. That's a good return on your investment. Nailed it. It doesn't matter whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting a national championship winner, or simply looking for a player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Sign up today at MyBookie.com and use the promo code NERDS to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's promo code NERDS to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, no matter what the sport is, no matter the minute from tip-off to buzzer, my bookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Use that promo code NERDS and score that double the deposit today. Where I make all my action, my bookie ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm getting on that Browns over under every year. Every year I bet it. Every year I win. They're gonna set it higher though this year. James hey. Winston is five dollars and eighty five cents right now. How much, Boom. How much is Taysom Hill? Give me a second. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> see, look. I'm wondering if you could use that ten dollars. You know, you put in twenty, you get that free ten bucks. Ten dollars and seventy one cents. Oh. Oh, double. See, look at. Five bucks, you get Jameis, and and what you do is this is a quick this is a quick turnaround. You, you take you, get, twice. you take the free ten dollars you get from the the sign up at Prediction Strike. Okay. You take all ten dollars, you put it in the Jameis Winston now for five. By the time December comes of twenty twenty one, you're gonna sell that Jameis Winston for twenty five dollars, and boom, you just made five times your money. Well, you get fifty bucks because you have two shares. Two shares. Two shares. You're gonna get twice fifty dollars. Brian Edwards is 63 cents right now. Ooh, what? What? That's going to be going up yeah. with this free agency move. Give me give me that, too. Yeah, me all of it. Yeah. Dude, look at that. If you take that free 10, okay, you take the prediction strike and show. Get, and then you get five shares of Brian Edwards. We should do a prediction strike show. We should. Show. But it'd be fun. If we had time. But right now, we still are talking rookie tight ends. We got back into it. A tight end that I like a lot. That's Pat tight end. Friar Muth out of Penn State. Six foot five, 260 pounds. This is a guy who he only, you know, four games into the season right. got hurt, had to have shoulder surgery, but he leaves Penn State. So he actually got hurt. Record. He actually got hurt in the second game. He got hurt in the Ohio State game and then played through two two extra games. But That's go ahead. one tough And then he said, SOB. Penn State is terrible this year. <laughs> we, I'm done. Out. Have we won yet? I'm done. My yeah. shoulder hurts. <laughs> uh, he owns a record of touchdowns for a tight end at Penn State, which sa- says a lot by itself. Uh, this guy is everything you want of a tight end, mm-hmm. right? He can block solidly. But he's, solid, really, yeah. he's a really good athlete. He's kind of like a Hunter Henry sure. plus kind of athlete. Kind sure. of, a really good route runner for a size. Um, 
he's really good off the line. He's got really good quick uh, speed and burst off the line, which I love to see off a tight end because like a lot of tight end, you want to create those short area mismatches. Absolutely. He does that really, really well. Uh, when he goes up and gets the ball, he had, he attacks the ball excellently, right? Very. He's something up there. You, you, if you want to see a couple one-handed catches, he has those on tape. Mm-hmm. You want to see him very top the ball up in there? One-handed, very, very strong, very strong hands. Um, this is a guy that is going to be a quarterback He's going to be the best friend. friend. Yeah, yeah, the, the best the, friend. The safety blanket. I like your comp to, to Hunter Henry. I said the exact same thing. Like I, I did a little conclusion here, and I wrote Hunter Henry, like a more athletic Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper type of guy he, who's just their quarterback's best friend. Like you said, they can work the middle of the field. They can they they can find soft spots in the zone and present themselves to a quarterback. These are all important things for just reliability from a tight end, and and I think he offers that. Plus, you know, Hunter Henry's a nice fantasy option, but I think this is a more athletic version of him, so I think exactly. he's got a higher upside. And that was going to be my point, is I think a lot of people, they're, they're going to see the, the 6'5", 260, and they're going to think like, you know, end a, you know an inline guy, mm-hmm. a guy that's going to be a mauler, and you know, no, he, like, he can move. Yep. Like, he can move, he can get open, he's really savvy with his route running, and, and especially more so for tight ends, more than other positions, like, the, the feel that he has in, in zones... Because uh, oh, yeah. that's a big thing is a lot of times you're not getting man coverage as much on the tight end. You're getting a lot more zone coverage over the middle. He has a really good feel for the dead spots in the zones. Very, very intelligent player. Him, turns, shows his body, you know, here's my numbers and hit him. You know? and, and then he's going to drag some guys. But yep. And they, there were even times, plays that I saw them him line up in the backfield, some, a little bit of creativity, yep. you know, like he's... He's a very complete player. I saw that in film too. Like he, well, he'll improvise, which I love to see out of a smart tight end. Where there, you know, he'll have his route, and then he'll see the soft spot in his zone. And he'll break off it, and he's like this, waving his hand. And boom! Tight end hits him yep. instead of that, you know, eight yard route he had, eighteen yard route that he got. All of a sudden, very solid. Like I said for a guy of his size, like you mentioned the size. He's very athletic. Like his burst is fantastic. Yeah. So for me, this guy is a very solid fantasy football option. Yep. Um, I like him in a tight end premium league as high as 2-2, two, 2-3, two, two, that range no right around there. Um, again, from from a tier standpoint, it's Kyle Pitts. Then for me, it's out of this class, it's Pat Fryermuth. And then we're ending the next tier, right, for me personally, because I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you there. He, he's one of those guys that's kind of like, like TJ Hawkinson, right? Mm-hmm. He does everything well. Um, I think T.J. Hawkinson's a little bit more athletic than Pat Fryermuth. He's just he's a very special tight end. Sure. He's the reason he went top ten, but he's gonna not only he's gonna help an NFL team and he's gonna help your dynasty team at, at the same time. In the right system, this guy could finish as easily a top six dynasty tight end. I think so too on, on a regular basis. Um, and he's been doing it for a while. Like he looked good on tape two years ago yep. as well. So and obviously I had to watch a little bit of that tape as well because he only played four games last year. So for me, this is a guy now. I saw a couple of things on there where I feel like he's he's a little bit more comfortable when he has like the off coverage, right? Like when he's not being pressed. Cause when you get up when you press him at the line, it's where I saw him struggle the most. Like that's where he kind of got thrown off of his balance. Um he struggled a little bit more there. Like when you pressed him on film a little bit, like it was hard like he didn't get couldn't get into his route, couldn't get open, like there's no there's no production there. I, I know exactly what you're talking about and and it's funny because we talked about how strong his hands are at the catch point, which is one of his best attributes. Mm-hmm. But he actually doesn't always use his hands well uh, on his routes. 
he doesn't do a good job of getting guys off of him. He doesn't do a good job of ripping through, creating separation with that. So that's going to be the thing for him is I don't know that he's going to create as much separation as some of the other guys will, but I but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, yeah, he'll struggle getting consistent separation at the next level. That'll probably be something for him. Um, but I think there's some techniques that he could learn as a route runner mm-hmm. uh, in his routes, like and get inside defenders a little bit better. That could help take his game to another level. I think he's I think he's a really good example of like Pat Firemuth, year one, consistently what we see out of tight ends, nothing. Year two takes a step forward, and all of a sudden he's like, ooh, kind of like a sick, let's get a little bit more involved. And then year three of him, like he shines, he's in that upper tier of dynasty tight ends. And the good news is these are these are very nuanced things mm-hmm. that coaches can teach. It's not like we're worried about his athleticism. It's not mm-hmm. like we're worried about, you know, him catching. It's not like we're worried about his blocking. Like these are the the things that he's able to do, the the core things, he's able to do really well. Uh, but there there are just a few nuanced things that could easily be coached up at the next level. You can you know, we talk about how important it is to be a good route runner for a receiver and and it is. Like that's very important, but you hear it from NFL coaches all the time that you know, this guy came in as a trash route runner. We worked with him for a year or two, and, and look at him now. You know, so those are definitely things that can be fixed at the next level. And um, we didn't really touch on the blocking, but as far as the, these top three guys, I mean, I think – Best by quite a bit. Yeah, easily, yeah. And and I, I think we probably all see that on film, but I just wanted to at least mention it. No, you're um, absolutely right. So everyone else uh, hears it as well. So I think he's got an easy path to being on the field just because he, he is probably the best blocker out of these top three. Easily. Yep. Yep. Yeah, very solid prospect. I like him a lot. My number two dynasty tight end. He's mine this, as well. Yep. This is this he's is just, yep. these these are rankings I could say now before I get through the process. For tight end, it's easily Kyle Pitts, and then it's Pat Firemuth, like easily for me, and then it's everybody else. And I think I could let some of these guys get dictated about where they go in NFL draft and what system they line up to kind of help me pan out my rankings because I think every other guy we're talking about going forward has upside at least like it, mm-hmm. it, it's this, this tight end class isn't straight doo-doo. You know what I mean? It's, no. not, it's not a turd sandwich, but do I think these guys will be contributors? There's nobody probably else that'll probably not. go on the first two days. Like these are all day three guys. We're gonna I would agree from here. Yep. So next guy we're talking about is Hunter long, Boston college, six foot five, 253. Uh, a guy who just, you know, at Boston college, he went, when called upon, he got it done. This is a guy that caught a first down on 60% of his passes at Boston college. Like he was a guy that they're going to trust to make and move the change. This is a guy who's a pass catching tight end, right? Like he's a, he's that he's at what we see him. It's like, okay, this guy's not the greatest blocker out there, but no. he can go out there and be a receiver kind of like a Harrison Bryant, right? Yep. Really Similar good hands. Uh, could make the good solid catch there. He could, um, he can get separation it, for him. It's just, he's, he, he's, he's not physical. He's not a physical tight end. Yeah, no, I saw him have some dropsies when when he I did uh, too. when he ran into some some sort of any sort of contested catch contested was not, catches yeah. type situation. Um, but like you said, he has the production. He led the nation in in both targets and receptions. I think he was second um, in actual yards to Kyle Pitts. So I mean, he is a pass catching type of guy. Um, there are I can't put my finger on exactly what it is he's missing, um, but like you said, he's not he's not great at blocking. But there is like he, his routes aren't very crisp. He he does round his routes a bit, and the contested catches thing. I mean that's those are the things that are going to lower him in my ranks and, and probably yeah. in the eyes of, of NFL teams as well. There, there's not as much dog in him as there is some of these other guys. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you, I, there were a couple games where I saw that you could tell that there were portions of the game that he got just kind of phased out just because. 
couple linebackers or safeties gave him some really good pops. Yep. And or they were holding him. Like there would be times you could tell that they were intentionally like just pass interference. Sure. And he would he would get really frustrated. You could and worked see him up throwing him his throwing his arms and like giving up on plays and stuff. It's like what what do you, dude? Come on, fight through that, man. Yeah. You're a tight end. Like these, that's a little safety. But push even when you, it. even when you like watch him block, like when I went back and watched some of his blocking techniques, you're like. You block like a pansy. Like what are you like, <laughs> like, like, like you're afraid, like almost like you're afraid to like he looked like he was afraid he's not to block a physical. So the like, thing that I couldn't put my finger I, on I, I, saw him go, I, I think I, that I we're finally like, getting to it. Like I think this. I think he's a little soft is what it is. Yeah. And and yeah. that stuff doesn't really play at the NFL level. So I the the production is great and I think he's got enough athleticism to at least intrigue you a little bit, but he's going to have to have, he's going to have to get some dog. I don't know where you yeah, find come, that. Come on guy. Uh, they don't have that at the convenience store. So I want <laughs> the, my on the corner. soft. Yeah. I want my ice cream soft. Yeah. I don't want my NFL tight end soft. That's just a little bit ridiculous. You don't want your tight end soft. No. What's weird. Cause this guy, when you want, like if you were, if you were to watch his uh, highlight, if you're like, okay, I'm gonna watch Hunter Long's highlight tape. You're gonna come away. Like this guy's a good solid tight end. Mm-hmm. But when you get through the whole process, you're like, Oh man, this guy kind of be pushed around a little bit, but like when he has a chance, when he is open, he, like he'll go out, he'll, he'll make the catch. Like he'll extend sure. his hands, make a really nice catch. But like you, you put a body on him, man. And also, what you said about his route running—it's it's like he rushes it at times. Like it's like so we we talked a lot about a lot, a lot of these guys being sudden and crisp in their routes, and he's just neither one of those things. No, so it's. I don't know if they just didn't have very many better options than him or what, how he, how he ended up with all the production that he did. But I feel like it's college, it's, it's college. And you with a guy of his size, you yeah. get away with it when you're six foot five, 253 pounds. There's a lot of things to get away with things that he won't get at the NFL level. Okay. You could press him, you could press him, get some hands on him and he's over. Like, so is he like, a, is he like a drew sample type to you? Like in the NFL? Like, well, the problem is drew samples a really good blocker. Yeah, he is. You're right. And he's not. Right. So it's basically like Harrison Bryant. If, Harrison Bryant was a wimp. Okay. And Harrison <laughs> Bryant's, yeah, way better than I, he I is. feel like Harrison <laughs> Bryant's more athletic than him, though, as well. No? Uh, I think they're similar range. Okay. I All think right. they're similar Harrison range. Harrison Bryant's a much better route runner. He's a much better route runner. I think he has better hands, Much too. better route or better, better hands. He, yeah, it's... But I, there's other tight ends I like over Hunter Long, but, like, let me put I could see... I could see him being coached up to the mm-hmm. point. Like I think he has enough talent where mm-hmm. if he's coached up over the next like three years, he could produce at the NFL. Like he has a talent to produce. That's that's what I'll say. I like him like in a third like in tight end premium league in the third round, I'd take a gamble on him because he's such a he's 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 a good enough pass catcher. Which again, we talked about before you can't teach teach him. No, you right? absolutely cannot. He yeah. has that part of it. He just needs to bulk up, get some dog in his game, and be coached really, really hard. So if he lands in the right typical situation, in the right situation, I could see in three years Hunter Long being a contributor for your dynasty team. Maybe not a tight end one, but a nice, you know, again, he's tight end fourteen, a nice backup tight end, yep. and get in there in your lineup. Definitely a tight end premium. So one. Garrett, not to put you on the spot though, um, but you were at the Senior Bowl and he mm-hmm. was a participant. Did you see anything jump off the tape there? Um, he, or so the tape, he was I only guess. he only played for one of the days that we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, watching him play. He didn't have any special plays. There's a couple guys that I am going to talk about that are coming up that there were specific things that stuck out while we were there watching. Uh, he was, you could tell he he carried himself with confidence. Uh, he, you could tell he was definitely one of like the leaders in the group. Uh, and I think it's partly because he has the biggest name. He'll probably have better draft capital than most of the guys that were were there. But he's just one of those guys where a lot of the things were solid, like on on paper. Like there's a lot of very solid things about him on paper, okay. uh, but there was nothing to say like, 
oh man, like he had this incredible catch, or oh, he had that like really good router. Oh man, he just trucked that guy. Like yeah. there was none of nothing those types out, of no things. No wild plays, nothing and, like that. And he also there, I actually thought for a second he was a receiver, not necessarily because he was like running great routes or anything, but just because of his frame. Like he he is a little bit more thin framed than I thought he which, would be. Which you know he measured in six foot five, two hundred fifty four, so he must be hiding it somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it it didn't feel. I don't know, Jared. You you were there as well. Did he did he look like he was a two hundred fifty four pound guy? No, not at all. I don't know what did you say. What he weighed in two two fifty four is what he weighed in. Okay, yeah. was that that at the pro, or at the that senior was from role? the senior role? Numbers, okay, yeah. He's just yeah, one of those guys that he didn't carry it well. Yeah, when you look at his frame, you know, he's just man kind of play small too like you guys have been saying yep and it's interesting because the next guy we're going to talk about is actually technically a little bit smaller than him but he looked a lot bigger he looked bigger uh, and, on and film played too. bigger yeah than i think hunter long did but there's also a lot of question marks so rich i'll let you talk about him but let's get into trey mckitty out of georgia six foot four 247 pounds and i said he's out of georgia this is a guy who transferred from florida state so he's a little bit older he's a fifth year senior um so he played for the georgia bulldogs for the 2020 football season he did come in a little bit late because he got hurt uh, in the preseason, so he finished the season with six catches, 108 yards, and one touchdown. But he's another pass-catching tight end, right? This this is where he strives. Um, big guy, uh, fluid. He's a little bit athletic out here. It, but he's somebody who's like, he, he doesn't, a little tight, right? Doesn't get yep. out of his breaks very well. Um, can be kind of be, for a big guy, it seemed like he'd be pushed around a little bit. As well is what I saw on tape. I mean, I think his blocking leaves something to be desired definitely, for sure. Um, to be he was so underutilized that it, that it's hard to get a great feel um, for exactly what you're getting. But he's definitely an athletic guy. He's intriguing. I think he can do some stuff after the catch as well. I I I would love to see him like kind of you know, be showcased almost like the, uh, a hunter long. You know what I mean? Like get forced yeah. to head the ball a little bit more. I don't know if he's just not good enough or he's not, or he's missing assignments, why he's not getting more action. Um, I mean, obviously the injury and he's getting, you know, he's transferring all the, and all this stuff this past season. But even the year before that at Florida State, 23 catches, 241 yards. The year before that, 26 catches for 256 yards. So he's never been like a big part of any offense, but he has the athletic tools that I think would warrant a bigger piece of an offense. Yeah. He, he's definitely one of those guys that I wish we had a normal combine this year. Yeah. Because I would have really liked to have seen like what his numbers are. Because I agree, he is a little stiff. Uh, or maybe you said that. Yeah. He's a little stiff when, when you're watching him out there. Like he's not the most fluid with his routes and things like that. But when it comes to like going up and getting the football, like he can absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things we saw at the Senior Bowl. Like there were a couple really nice plays that he made going up and getting the yeah. football. And, and six, foot, six foot four. 247 pound, 81 inch wingspan, 11 inch hands, 11 inch. That's hands. crazy. Massive. That's ridiculous. Massive mitts. And and it shows on tapes. He's got he's got really nice soft hands, and he can and he. I don't see you don't see the ball hit catches the ground. it very yeah. naturally yeah. Yeah. on the move too, right? So when he, yeah, he had a one handed snag while he was there that I saw him bring in at, at the Senior Bowl. He and, did well, in and the we were like, bowl. oh, oh, from, from all reports that I read. Yep. Um, so I wanted to hear uh, like what you if you saw anything there that kind of jumped. Yeah, out and I tape. think I actually got even one of his catches on tape. I think we tweeted out from the Nerds account where he did. He had a really nice like in traffic one handed catch, and it, everyone was like. Who is that? And like we were all like looking on our. Oh, that's Trey. That's uh, wow. That was that was a really nice play. You know, the offers. I, I did not know his hand size at my house. I didn't look up his hand size. Eleven inch paws is. I mean, I'm disgusted. I've big. never heard of anyone bigger than that. We'll put it that way. So. <laughs> He's the John <laughs> Holmes of tight end hands. Yeah, never say that again. <laughs> uh, he offers some good upside. Right? He does. Like he, he, he's absolutely. If you're going to want to bet on a guy that you know. 
I think this guy can make plays. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say much more than that, but I think he could make plays. And and sometimes that's all it is, is just we need somebody to go up and make a catch. So, like, him in Miami's offense in a Brevin Jordan role, I think I think he would have done more with that role than Brevin Jordan from an athletic standpoint, from just from just a not dropping the damn football standpoint. The hard part is his is his, his fluidity. Like yeah. I, I would almost feel better about him going down the field. A seam runner. Right. Yeah. More so than more so than Brevin Jordan. He was a lot more side to side, like crossing routes and 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 uh, different things like that, slants. That's more where I think he's going to live. Whereas, whereas Trey, like I want him on the safety and I want him to go up and get the ball kind yeah. of thing. I think okay. that's where I would I'm, feel better. I'm having him line up, break out, hit the seam and go. And he that's could where do I'm those swing to passes though too. That's what he I, probably that, could. That's what I was envisioning. Just like that little thing where, he, where he's just cutting across the whole back of the he offense, probably a little could. swing pass and then turn up field and go. Design you know plays I mean? for him. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that. I, I see that with your vision too. I, I just, I, and also, you're saying like if you're trying to design for somewhere, he has to get into that by breaking, you know, on a linebacker, mm-hmm. on a safety, on a slot corner. Like he's gonna have trouble doing that. From what I see, like what yeah, I saw, yeah. you know what I mean, like, he's gonna have some trouble doing that. Where I, I'm with you, I love him attacking the seam on there. I love what you're, what you're saying, bring on some swings, um, maybe some tight end screens even, because when he gets the ball in his hands, he can go his. His speed's a little bit surprising with the balls in his That's, that's why I really wish we had a normal combat. So do I. I want to see his vertical. I want to see his, yeah. I want to see his three cone. I want to see his 40. Like, I wish we could get all that. And that's going to be the hard part for some of these lower tier guys, especially ones that we don't have as much film on, which he falls right into he that falls category. Right into that, yep. It's like, we're just, we're giving our best guess, but there's just not a lot to go on. Trey McKitty, Georgia. Nice upside player we like here. Let's talk about another nice upside player yeah. at the time position. Noah Gray out of Duke, six foot four. 240 pounds um a guy who's coming in here uh, 29 receptions 285 yards for duke two touchdowns uh was at the senior bowl as well he was he was another one that stood out to me and he's somebody that is again a really good hands catcher solid solid route runner as well Mm kind of looks like when he's out there like a very large receiver right like Mm -hmm. oh this gotta be a giant slot receiver out there another guy sudden in and out of his breaks man um, so yeah, I, another rare guy from the tight end position. It's, but falls in the, what we were talking about, like not bulky, not strong, nope. like can be pushed around a lot. Yep. But I will say, even though because I agree, he did get pushed around more than you'd like to see. But he would stick his nose in there every play. Like yeah. he was grinding. He didn't win often, but he would grind on every play. Well, they lined. I mean, they had him playing fullback, fullback quite yep. a bit and the h back yeah the, h back yep. so he's six four he's 240 pounds so he's not a big guy that's the no. one thing that i i wrote in my notes he's gonna have to bulk up at the next level if mm-hmm. he wants to maintain i think a similar role because he's just not big and physical enough his and, routes were pretty crisp they were they very are, yeah. crisp. i like his routes a lot and i like his hands former yeah. basketball player uh as well it's just when i that's why something when i was watching my, my biggest takeaway for noah gray was like oh i like the upside of it because i really like his routes and he has really good hands yeah. like this is a guy I that, like that. that's going to go later in the draft, I think, just because he's got some developmental type of things that he's got to work on. I mean, mainly his body and stuff like that. But he offers a lot of upside late in fantasy drafts because mm-hmm. he's an explosive guy. And and if he maintains that explosiveness with the added 10 or 15 pounds that he probably needs to operate on an every down basis in the NFL, I think he can be a pretty nice weapon and can find himself in a starting role. Like he could be one of these guys, these Anthony uh, Furskers who, you know, four years down sure. the road finds himself in a perfect situation where he where he's a starting tight end in the NFL. And, and you mentioned they use him at Duke, a lot of H back. They probably did the senior bowl. And he was lined yep. up a slot in the slot a lot as he Duke was. as well. Mm-hmm. So he's a big slot receiver. 
and I, and I and I took away from now. It's like I would like to see him being utilized like that in the NFL, right? Like a, a six foot four, two hundred forty pound thin. Like let, let's get him off the line, right? Let's just get him off the line altogether. Twelve personnel, and let's just line him up in the slot, kind of like how New England they just signed uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Use him. How they're going to use Johnny Smith? They right? signed everybody. What are you talking about? Signed everybody. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. That All never and them. that never works. Ever no, in the no. NFL, so very interesting for me. Noah Gray is a nice prospect in that. Like, if, if I he can do an offense, we're going to be utilized in like twelve personnel, but mostly out of the slot. Essentially, is what I like to see him out here. Not really strong enough, big enough to really ask the block. I mean, he could be chippy, but so can anybody. So can a, in a receiver in the right role. So Noah Gray to me, when we kind of when we went back, when I was thinking of when we we're talking about Brevin Jordan, where Brevin Jordan is going to go and Noah Gray is going to go, this was the prime example I was talking about. Like I would rather let somebody else draft Brevin Jordan, wait right? around and a half, and wait around and a half, get get a good receiver there, and then take Noah Gray. Who I, I literally think they offer the same upside. Where Brevin Jordan's got to get his hands together. Noah Gray's just got to bulk up. He's just got to bulk up a little bit and get you know. I mean, speed's okay, but what tight end is a blazer in the first? That's why you're sure. a tight end in the first place. Sure. If you weren't, if you were a blazer, you'd be a big giant receiver, Calvin Johnson style, right? Calvin Johnson was a tight end, a tight end body who could run a four three. That's the difference, right. you know. If <laughs> that's the difference between a tight end right. and a big wide receiver. So Noah Gray, essentially, to me is a big wide receiver that I could love to see utilized in the slot. I don't mind taking him later in the back end of the third round either. Depends where he lands. If he lands in a situation where there's a clear path to production, I can see me taking Noah Gray comfortably in a tight end premium league in the third round. Where where the tight end in the, a tight end the, premium, the, I can see yeah, it. the wide receiver rush is already gone. I think that's where the value is for like a guy like Noah Gray. If I he, liked him enough to put him considerably. Like I would have no argue taking him as my third tight end overall if I had. You know what I mean? Out of this draft yeah. class, like I like. I like, I like his fantasy outlook just as high as most of these guys. Sure. I guess is the best way to put it. And I think he needs a few years. So that's, what, I yeah. mean, that's, I think, appropriate spot for him, you know, because if he lands in one of these spots where they've got an established tight end, I think that's kind of the best case scenario for him where he can bulk up, kind of learn how to operate in the NFL level and then kind of mature into a starting position at the NFL level. Okay, next guy we're getting out here real quick. So we're running out of time is Matt Bushman, BYU, six foot four, two hundred thirty nine pounds. Again, a really uh, uh, just a, a skimpy of a guy, right? Like just real skinny guy. Does yep. not look like a tight end. Guy looks like a big wide receiver. Uh, made some plays there at BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You know, made some big time plays. Smooth guy catches with his hands. Uh, so obviously he missed all of two, all of twenty twenty. He, he tore his Achilles, tore his Achilles right before the season started. I think it was like the practice leading up to the, the week uh, week one of the season. I don't know how I missed that, but yeah, um, I didn't play it all. So yeah, he's uh, you know he he didn't get a chance. But two thousand nineteen, he had forty seven receptions, six hundred eighty eight yards, and, and four touchdowns. So he's he's got some upside. I like him on tape. If it wasn't for a torn Achilles, I mean, I think he would be working his way up into like the number three or four tight end for me. Um, yeah, just absolutely. Off the tape. Another concern, obviously, he's a BYU, a BYU student, so he did a mission. He's, he's, tw- he's 25 years old. Um, so both of the, I mean, all those are kind of factors. And without knowing his health, I don't, I don't know how I can sit there and endorse him. But on tape from 2019, I love what I see. So it, if he can get back to that form, he could be a value 
as far as as far as dynasty drafts. Go. It's it's really interesting because for a while in Devi circles, we've been talking about Pitts, Jordan, and Fryermuth. Like all three of those guys we've been talking about for a long time. And then there was kind of the second tier that we thought was going to be in this class. Bushman was kind of towards the top of that. Charlie Kohler, uh, Jeremy Ruckett from Ohio State. Like there were a bunch of guys that were like in that range that we all thought were going to be coming out this year. Unlike we're like, Rucker. dang, this is going to be a deep tight end class. Right. And then like, Bushman got hurt, and then all these guys went out and or decided to go back, and then all of a sudden there was kind of like this gap of like the third round tight end type guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he he has some like he kind of reminds me of Noah Gray a little bit, Matt Bushman. Yeah. Um. So to me, and you're right. Twenty five years old has to kill the injury, so probably be almost useless in twenty twenty one. Right. So that's, now that's the thing. You don't know what you're going to get out of him, but by the time he gets on the field to really contribute and help out, which is going to be his, like his development year is going to be 2022. He's 26 years old. And then he's going to hit, he's going to hit, and he's going to be 28 years old. And you're looking at this like three to five year window, which but that's, again, it's a good that's window. Okay, Cause that's like that. You're talking to Logan Thomas type of guy right now. Who's sure. switched you're talking positions. Logan Waller. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not like this guy is, he Kittle doesn't older. have value, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to prove that he's healthy, and that's like the biggest thing. Because if he's healthy, this guy he's got a lot of upside. I think he offers a, some nice run after the catch ability, and and he's a and he's not like a, a afraid of contact or anything like that. So I think he's a nice, a complete tight end, and I, I just he needs to get healthy and prove that he's healthy and get on the field. Well, watching some of his 2019 tape, you'd see him like when he go up and get the ball, like he get, he can adjust pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, looks like a giant big receiver is what, mm-hmm. he, what he looked like. He, he does offer some nice upside when you were, t- you and I were talking pre-show. We're like, Hey, that match Bushman in 2019 tape was pretty good, but right. there's a lot of concern there. And I think that concern is going to make him fall pretty significant in NFL draft. And I think he's gonna be a really good value in your dynasty draft. I can see Matt Bushman, me having a lot of shares of him because he'll probably go in the fifth round yep. of a lot of rookie drafts. Yep. And he's the great kind of, he's the great dart throw Absolutely. at that kind of play. So I love him as a fifth round pick, right? A good gamble, high upside player moving on. Uh, Josh Peterson. So yeah, this, this Josh Peterson, he was a very elusive character. I think for the, for <laughs> all of us here uh, coming into the whole process, but this is actually Doug Peterson's son. Yep. Um, Tight end out of University of Louisiana Monroe, so Correct. U- ULM. ULM, you're the baby. only one that was able to watch film on him because you're the only one. Able I to found a very up. obscure uh, ULM full game tape, and I watched a little bit of it. I think he's athletic. He offers some nice upside. He was this guy that was, you know, uh, at least a Reese's Bowl like preseason watch list yeah. type of guy. So he did have a little bit of upside at least going into the season. But I mean, you're not going to get much run at at the. ULM. It, it's really tough. And or, I watched a decent amount of his tape last year because uh, a running back that I really liked that it was a rough season. It didn't go well. Uh, Josh Johnson. Yeah. He, but Peterson, he looked good. Like yeah. he, he looked good. He had some nice catches. He can long, get open deep. Yeah. Long player too. Sure, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to evaluate. Um, We'll see. We'll see if he ends up making, this is a guy, another guy that, if there was a combine, we could see where he stacks up against some of these um, bigger school type of guys, and it, it would be nice to yeah. to kind of stack They'll go on draft in your rookie drafts. Probably. He probably right. will. Uh, uh, well, here, let me throw out a few other names. We don't need to talk about them. But what just about Kenny Booyah, Kasha? <laughs> see, what? Yaboya? Yaboa. Yaboa. It's Yaboa. It's pronounced Kenny Yaboa, Mississippi. Yep. Ole Miss. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, f- I forgot. Oh, just real quick on Kenny Yaboa out of Mississippi, six foot four, 247 pounds. Um, 
was a transfer out of Temple, so he's probably going to go to uh, Matt Rule. He's probably going to go to Carolina. Went to <laughs> Ole Miss for 2020, was at the Senior Bowl as well, and he had a good Senior Bowl week. He's somebody that produced at the Senior uh, Bowl down there. He's a, he's one of those move tight ends. He's somebody that he was a big play guy there at Ole Miss. He I think uh, 22% of his receptions went for touchdowns, and he averaged over 19 yards per catch for Kenny. So for me, he was a, he's just a big playmaker, a big yep, exactly. physical playmaker, good speed. Could get downfield yes. pretty quickly there. Um, could go up, get the extra ball. Uh, his blocking was okay. Now, to be fair, what you saw, what, what I, I found out after the fact, because again, you watch his tape track, this is nice. He was schemed a lot in offense. Like, so he was schemed heavily in there. So even though this, the tape looked really good and the numbers, when we'll look back and look at some of the schemes that are running, stuff like that, like, oh, they're kind of like fake numbers. Yeah, they're, they're, the most they part. schemed him open. And he, he was one of their weapons along with Elijah Moore. That we're going to talk about quite good. a bit when we get to the receiver. Very talented receiver. I'm I'm excited. I just finished up my nerd score for him, and he scored pretty well for me. Yeah, he looked. So. Uh, I saw a little bit on him uh, just from watching. Like when you go watch these other players, like, yeah. I was like, oh, this Elijah Moore guy is pretty talented. Like it was like when it, uh, I can't remember. Like I'd watch some tape on some guys, and like, I'm watched, watching the I, other guy yeah. all the time. Like he's one of the guys. Like sure. oh, Elijah Moore. Like this yeah. is. I haven't got. I haven't done. Dove in my, we're starting running backs next week. So oh, next week we're back wait. with the running back. Uh, we're starting a running back class. But uh, Elijah Moore, somebody I haven't dug in my receivers yet, looked pretty good. That was so. that was when we were watching uh, Miko Hardman and DeAndre Swift kept, kept jumping up. Oh the yeah, yeah. yeah. I was trying to watch. Yeah. I was like, like trying to thing. watch Miko Hardman. Yeah. I can watch his DeAndre Swift. He's so good. I can't <laughs> yeah. wait till well, he comes out. One last name I just want to throw out there because we've talked about like no guys that are blockers at all. John Bates out of Boise State, and, and I had to like look him up because I couldn't remember his name because it was such a lame name, but. Uh, <laughs> He's actually a really, really good blocker. And he was another guy at the Senior Bowl that, because he was known for his blocking coming in. That was the reason he was even there. Uh, and all of a sudden, like, he's making a bunch of plays in the red zone. And even Todd McShay kind of threw out some some notes on him. Like, I really was was pretty impressed with the things that I saw about, from him. And I was, too, from from what I watched there. So, so wait, what was that lame name again? One more time, because it was so forgettable. Bates. Okay, there we go. John Bates out of Boise State. Wow. Yep. Good thing is... Good thing he's not named after like Master Teague in out of Ohio State running back. <laughs> I that, knew that was coming. That would be awkward, wouldn't it be? Ugh. So that's it. That's our 2021 rookie breakdown. There you have it. Next week, like I mentioned, we're going to kick off with our 2021 rookie class on the running back. Some very Can't talented wait. players mm. here. Um, obviously, there's a clear top three we're going to get into, uh, but we're going to break them down over four weeks. Some people would say that's your clear top one. Some people. Uh, I know some, some people. people. Some people sitting in that producer, producer some, chair. Right there. Some people over here. Uh, and, uh, well, so, we're, it'll only be two weeks. It'll be four shows, but two weeks. Two weeks, four shows. Um, again, because now we're going to jump into our Nerd Herd episode. Now, remember, if you want to get some of this rookie content as we break them off over two shows, you're like, well, why don't I get all the shows for free? Well, we have the Nerd Herd. We can put a lot of work in this. So you can become the member of the Nerd Herd today for the price of a cup of coffee. And not only do you get the extra podcast, but you get access to the same film that we watch here to break down these films, the Dynasty Nerds film room. Look on anywhere in Dynasty Twitter. They're going to tell you the Dynasty Nerds have the best film room in the game. You get the nerd score that he mentioned here. You get our rankings. You get uh, access to the Dynasty GM, which is the greatest tool in the business today. The, the only thing I have to say about that is you get to try it for free, right? Right. Go to DynastyNerds.com, click on the Dynasty GM, click on the free trial. No credit cards, nothing, no strings attached, literally. You don't even have to be a member. You can just try it for free right now. I just put that video up on YouTube that walks you through the whole thing if you guys want to take a sneak peek at it. Yeah, check that out as well. Super helpful. If you want to see what the Dynasty GM could do, and you've been really curious because we've been talking about it now for six months, 
Go to YouTube. Check out the Dynasty Nerds YouTube t- channel. While you're there, hit the subscribe button, the like button, notifications button because smooth. we have so much content coming on there as well, including these rookie breakdowns individually. But you can check out that recent video by Jared on the Dynasty GM breakdown. It's going to show you all the things I could do. And if you got the Dynasty GM for the first day it came out back in August and you see where it is today compared to what it was then, which is just a matter of six months, it's literally night and day. So you can see that with every new membership we get and all the support we get, we put this right back into the Dynasty community to try to give you the best tools and the best information to dominate your Dynasty Fantasy Football League because that's what we're here to do. So the more people that join, it's not it, we do it for the community, right? So you're supporting Dynasty, you're supporting the, the community, all that goes back into the Dynasty GM tool because that's our bread and butter for a baby. That's what we love, right? So that's where mm-hmm. we're going to put all our, our monetary that we get, we're going to put into it. So we have so many other things planned for the Dynasty GM tool. If you like what it does now and look where it is from day one to six months later, imagine what it's going to be like 12 months from now. We have so many other plans for it, but check out that video. Check it out. I'm imagining right now. I got my eyes closed. I'm oh, imagining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know all the good stuff yeah, coming and it's yeah. going to be amazing. Good thing you can't stand up right now. You'd be shocking the world for how excited <laughs> you are. So. That's it. Check it out. We'll be back next week with these 2021 rookie breakdowns for the Nerder members. We'll be right back breaking down so far what we know out of this dynasty, uh, or not dynasty, the NFL, NFL free agency. agency. So a couple guys didn't sign, but there's a couple hints, but we'll get into it. We'll talk about what we do know and cover the rest later. Thanks for listening. Adios.